0: It's just an odd story. Um, As you know, I worked for Trump for three years. I mean, it's just a very odd story. Nobody wants to mention his accomplishments, his achievements, how well he managed the economy, how well he managed energy independence and foreign policy. They're all throwing that out the window. And, okay, Pennsylvania was not the best moment. I get that. Trump himself gets that. But I'm just saying, why all of a sudden is everyone pounding the poor guy to death? I mean, he did a lot of good things for this country.
1: I'll tell you why they're doing it, because he's probably going to announce he's running, and some people don't want him to, but I don't think that's going to stop him. He did amazing things for this country. His America First policies had every— group of citizens doing better. Didn't matter what your skin mm-hmm. color was. Didn't mm-hmm. matter what your zip code was. We were riding high under President Trump. The country was in better shape. He, he ended wars. He didn't start any wars. He had brought peace to the Middle East. Uh, our 401ks were looking pretty good. And if you look at your retirement savings right now, I talked to many retirees who said, Carrie, I just retired. I might have to go back to work. My retirement savings has shriveled up. It's dried up under Joe Biden. And we need somebody to get us out of the jam we're in. President Trump did it once before. I think he would be a great candidate. We'll see what happens in 24. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But all I know is we need a solid person to take the place of Joe Biden because we can't handle much more of that guy.
0: Anyway, Carrie Lake, thank you for coming on. Good luck in the next couple of days. You're going to make it. I know you will. I have nothing but confidence. I hope Blake Masters comes with you. Anyway, thanks much.
2: When we look at the mission and as a Marine, we're looking at the mission and, you know, the voters have spoken and they have said that they want a different leader and a true leader understands when they have become a liability. A true leader understands that it's time to step off the stage and the voters have given us that very clear message. So because does that does that apply America.
0: within the Republican Party Lieutenant Governor to Donald Trump that it's time to step off the stage?
2: Yes, a house divided against itself cannot stand and and indeed that's where we are today And as I said before, America is the prize. Why do we want want to win elections? It's because we've got to learn to love to get, love each other, live together, uh, govern together and the voters are saying enough is enough.
0: So if the party, wants to move on, or some of the parties, such as yourself, Lieutenant Governor, uh, maybe Governor Youngkin feels the same way. Uh, But Donald Trump still makes a speech next week that he wants to run for president. But would you think about that?
2: I could not support him. I I just couldn't, because we have seen, for example, in those states where he has endorsed uh, the candidates, in fact, Republicans on the same ticket who he did not endorse, overperformed, whereas his candidates totally underperformed by as much as 10 points. We have a clear mission and it is time to move on.
0: Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, thank you. Uh, we know you have a very press schedule, so we appreciate your taking the time. Uh-
3: well, I think if Trump didn't win in 2024, that would uh, that would hurt the Democratic prospects or hurt Republican prospects and help help Democrats. But you're quite right, Kitty, that. The Republican Party is a magnified party, it's a Trumpified party, and that even if Trump were not to run uh, for whatever variety of reasons that, that, that may go into that decision, the Republican Party itself is radicalized. Um, and there's it's almost impossible to overstate uh, how much that uh, that is, is, is the case. Uh, You know, DeSantis is on paper a good candidate, and there's no question that there's been some erosion in Trump's support, but he started at a very, very high mark. And these MAGA voters are not like traditional Republican or Democratic voters. There's almost no loyalty to the institution, political institution, whether it's the Democratic or Republican um, party. They, they got into the uh, politics because of Donald Trump, uh, and they would, they would follow him to the, uh, to the ends of the earth. And the last thing I'll say is DeSantis, uh, as I think David Jolly had, had referred to, uh, he, he may not be as impressive uh, in reality as he is on paper. I mean, very few people have seen DeSantis for, uh, for any length of time. And when Trump unleashes his blowtorch, we'll see how he holds up.
4: Wow. Okay, uh, it is Friday, 11 November, in the year of our Lord, 2022. The 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, the guns fell silent. That was in um, the First World War. Uh, so we always honor Armistice Day here, and of course, Veterans Day in the United States of America. We normally have special shows in this day, but uh, I think all of our veterans would want us to be on point today, because there is so much going on in this convergence of, uh, of power and politics and uh, money and, uh, and voting and f- closing deals, closing the vote, et cetera. Associated Press has reported they're not going to even call, not even thinking of calling the House, although people are pretty comfortable with the numbers, 222 to 227, somewhere in the range. They're not even thinking of calling the House until next Tuesday. But they have said that it may go longer because California could take weeks to sort out. Uh, President Trump will announce uh, his uh, third uh, run for the presidency. The three-peat, as Steve Cortez calls it, next Tuesday. Uh, as importantly, you're going to have these leadership fights. Kevin McCarthy uh, and what happens to the Speaker of the House. you got the RNC. There, there is power politics and knife fighting like you've never seen before. I've been around a few political knife fights. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, it's going to be intense. So uh, we're going to schedule. We've got... Uh, uh, Governor Sarah Palin may drop in uh, if if she can in the next two hours. Uh, we're going to have uh, a lot of different. We're going to go to Arizona, going to Nevada. Bad news in Nevada. I think the DMV. I think they're generating votes out there. But we're going to get a, a, a active a field report from there, and of course Arizona. Um, but I want to start with Russ' By the way, and also just remember Nancy Pelosi and John Kerry over in COP twenty seven. I do not. We have not had enough time. To get into this story but uh, cop 27 they're over there right now actually engaging in conversations uh which should never happen because it's ludicrous on the face of it that the whole thing's ludicrous but i mean this is really this is what the the thing itself is it is a massive cash transfer from the united states of america the third world dictators okay they're, they're talking about reparations for climate change you have to understand too the global south is given given, <laughs> given The Judeo-Christian West, and particularly Western Europe and the United States, a full flex, as you saw by the OPEC Plus. And you're going to say now that Lula looks like he's going to be in charge of Brazil, the the military came up with a report that did not, that said, hey, we can't really say if there's fraud or not in this election, right? It was a kind of a gentle report, but they left it open that we don't know if it's fraud or not. They're still in the streets in Brazil. The global South, but let's assume Lula and the CCP take charge there with Macron and the globalists and the Amazon. Uh, the global south has given a full flex of things called resources versus this weird paper you give us called Federal Reserve notes or British pounds. Right. So we gonna get into all of it. The, the and also we got the lame duck coming up. Nancy Pelosi just put out the order that the that covid uh, the CCP covid-19 voting up until Christmas Day. They can vote remote because, you know, half of them are, have already left to go get other jobs. Uh, and this is the the, the orgy that's going to start on the lame duck is going to be insane. And of course, a lot of that's going to revolve around this in, insane appropriations bill. It's going to have another two trillion dollar deficit. And of course, the debt ceiling, all of it's going to be crazy, plus setting up for what happens when they fire the football on the 3rd of January. So the next six weeks are going to be and with president on top of that, with with the, the Senate races in Arizona and Georgia still to be decided and they're going to be nail biters what's going on behind closed doors the georgia situation we're going to drop a billion dollars in georgia uh, for the herschel walker seat um we're not here to entertain we're not here to get into the high school you know uh he said this they said that she said this about uh desantis and trump we're here to talk about what's important that's going to be part of it because president trump is going to go full beast mode next tuesday trust me so um a lot going on and we're going to get you all the details all the information that you need uh, in the center of it all, I want to bring I got Russ vote and Steve Cortez to start off. I do want to focus on, and particularly Russ vote. One thing I've admired about you, Russ, ran OMB, and OMB has got like nine thousand people. It's the most powerful job outside of chief of staff in the government, underneath the president, because you can walk into Russ vote and say, "Hey, I want to know about this. You know, this five trillion dollars spending. I got this thing. I want to know specifically what's being spent on." railroad things in iowa and 30 minutes later russ is coming back with a full analysis they have people that just are all over it but russ doesn't really step into the world of of just elective politics or what's going on very rarely so when i tell people when russ vote speaks it's like a papal bull you should pay attention and russ join us right now you came out yesterday it was like a how many the thread had how many how many units to it it was pretty long i go wow that brother is just gone off and you made the case, you made the intellectual and practical political case about why Kevin McCarthy can't be Speaker of the House. And so walk us through, if we could put it up, uh, Denver and my team here. why Russ? First off, Russ, what inspired you to do this? This is not like a Russ vote move. Why did you do that?
5: Well, because it's an important position. And, you know, we talk on these programs all the time, Steve, about how we, we have to capitalize on the appropriations. We have to capitalize on the debt limit. I've been a staffer in leadership, and I just know that there's no one in the current team that thinks on a paradigm-shattering level the way we do on this program, the way that Donald Trump does. And so you know, we have an opportunity. The election didn't go as far as we would have liked to, but now that changed. And now we're talking about a very, very small minority that can deny him the speakership. And we have an opportunity as a result of that to get a paradigm-shattering speaker, and the country needs it. Uh, we, we, We can't go on. So that's the political case for why this is. We can't have a peacetime speaker. We need a wartime speaker that can seize confrontation and risk by the throat in order to go against their adversaries and to be able to deal with the woke and weaponized government that we are all suffering from. That has to happen. And so... If you look at the fundamentals then, okay, like, can we win this? Is this doable? It is very doable because the mechanics of this is a cartel-shattering vote. So the members can talk this morning and all that about, well, you know, he's done this or that, but on January, they have to go to the floor. It's not behind closed doors, and they have to go and they have to say, yeah, I'm for Kevin McCarthy. And the way this works is that those words have to come out of their mouth on the floor. They stand up on the floor and they say that. And then they have to go back and they have to explain it. And you might have been able to explain that if he had been conciliatory and they had had this big election that was successful. That doesn't exist. And so this is like going back and explaining that you are for uh, funding Planned Parenthood or against the Second Amendment. You don't have the ability to win your constituents over to that narrative on a cartel busting vote, and that's what we're gonna see in January. And so uh, in some respects next week is not irrelevant, but it is not decisive when they vote, they'll have the cartel vote behind closed doors next week. But this is about building to January and the fundamentals are there. And I'm looking at the fundamentals allow us to be able, cause him, he is in deep trouble and we have an opportunity to have a paradigm shattering victory over the speakership to be either get Jim Jordan in as speaker I don't care if he's not running right now or to have a coalitional style government where every decision goes through HFC. So think about uh, Lacoud or some, uh, you know, Christian Democrats in Germany. They have to get other coalitions as part. That's the kind of thing that we can be able to move towards in this so that under any circumstances, either we get our guy or we don't get our guy. We have conservatives in power to force the fights with the, the adversaries that is necessary.
4: I want to just go back. We got about a minute and a half and I want to just keep you a few minutes on the other side about the cartel, about why next week the leadership vote is not all. Look, AP, Associated Press, not even going to call it. So he's not even going to know really what um, the caucus is. But why is the leadership vote? Because everybody's saying the leadership vote, the leadership vote, the leadership vote, they've all flown back. Why is the leadership vote not the end all and be all?
5: Because that one is Mm -hmm. not where it's behind closed doors. It's it's you don't have people are going to lie all over the place. The fight would not have materialized necessarily. It may. We're going to make progress. Some people will run for speaker potentially. But the real vote is in, this, is in the House chambers, and Democrats vote no. And so you only need a minority, potentially single digits, maybe you know, 15 or so. We'll, we'll know when we have the final count. That's what you, that is the real vote. And we've seen this. We've run this play before against John Boehner, and that's when it becomes real. And a member can switch. They can be I I hope they all go in there behind closed doors, uh, the cartel consideration and they say we're against Kevin McCarthy. That would be great. But what I'm saying is that even if they don't do that, they should not think that this is going away because the fundamentals at the grassroots are going to make this a real issue on January. So if they want to make this so it's not hard in January, they should just go now.
4: Okay, Russ, if you can just stay for a few minutes on the other side, I've got Steve Cortez. He has some thoughts about this. We're gonna explain, I wanna break down and make sure the audience, the war room posse understands what the cartel is. What are we actually talking about? Okay, we got a lot going on, including FTX just filed for bankruptcy. This was the biggest donor next to source for the Democrats in 2022. Stolen money essentially from investors, funded a $100 million effort
6: Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX, yes, is is slashing everybody's margin, and uh, average fees per transaction across the industry have declined by fifty percent. A lot of that is is the man, Sam Bankman-Fried.
4: Okay, terrific. That's not is that him saying it's okay, Uh, but it's actually we got it in the wrong order. But it's not Denver's fault. It's our fault. Don't worry about it. Everybody, take a deep breath. I'm gonna get to all that later. That's Jim Cramer. We'll (laughs) get Cortez. That's inverse Cramer. That's Jim Cramer calling FTX the J.P. Morgan of a new of a new generation. Don't don't worry about. it. We'll get to it later. We don't have to do it. Everybody, calm down. We're good. Um, the um, that's Jim Cramer calling FTX the J.P. Morgan and calling the guy that, this guy that literally looks like he robbed fifteen billion dollars. It's going to have a huge impact. Not not just simply in crypto, much deeper than that. There's going to be a lot of the Democratic Party sucked into this. A massive scandal and of course mercedes and all these uh, woke companies that have been part of this to fund this guy he was going to be the new source i gotta think i think if you check i think if you check you got uh, even joe kent that put money against joe kent bobert all those we'll check it all out okay i want to go back to talk about the cartel what the cartel is why this vote's important but let me just pull the camera back for a second i'm gonna ask cortez the same question what is your beef with kevin mccarthy I mean, he comes from Bakersfield. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. He, play, he comes from Bakersfield. He's a um, he, he kind of comes from a deplorable background. Uh, he looks like, you know, he's he's the um, the pledge chairman at the fraternity. You know, he goes out and gets all these candidates. So, Russ, you're a nuts and bolts guy that gets down to results. But what is your beef and what is really Scott Perry and the and the House Freedom Caucus, which is the most Trumpian of the caucuses in the uh in the in the house what is their central beef with with kevin mccarthy because right now essentially what they're saying is any anybody but mccarthy they'd even take a moderate right as long as you had in what you call a coalition government right if you don't get a jordan or you know i don't want to say scalise or Stefan, if you don't get some one of those in leadership now you'll take a coalition government like in israel in the house which would be unique so why is it anybody why are you anybody but mccarthy what what is the logic of your argument
5: well, I have just seen up close and personal that he does not approach these decisions uh, on the basis of what's necessary to save the country. And they used to, you know, I, they used to use the words, uh, "We have to do member management." And I thought, you know, member management must be, "Hey, this member wants to be on a committee or go on a Codel or whatever." And it's not. It's about how to manage their own members away from the fights that are most important to save the country. And that has been this leadership team and the leadership team in recent past. Really, only going back to to Newt Gingrich was really the only person that wasn't like that. And so we need something else. We need to have a paradigm change in the House. Uh, there's this view that Kevin McCarthy's transactional, and he was in during the Trump administration. I had a good working relationship. I know you did as well. And that was great. And but he has shown in two years since then that he does not move where conservatives are. When they wanted recorded votes on the floor of the House, he opposed them. Uh, when it came time to being able to push the impeachment resolutions, he was opposed to that. He's he's pushing against the church style committee to go after the weaponized state as we speak. He's been averse to rules changes that in the lead up to the election that would allow the House to function. Uh, To empower policy entrepreneurs at the rank-and-file level and so it is a cartel government It is behind the closed doors. It's not on the floor of the house and He is representative of that. It's not because he's a bad guy It's just because he's a peacetime speaker and we need a wartime speaker
4: Okay, walk me through then just walk me through the process you're saying January 3rd is the day because that's when people have to stand and deliver with the cameras of the globe upon them uh, what happens between now and then? And if it's anybody but McCarthy and by the way, I want to make sure everybody understands we've reached out to those guys because what Russ vote is doing is a profile encourage. courage, because if you step forward and do this, if it doesn't work out, you're going to get your head chopped off. Right. Don't ban me from Twitter again. It's a metaphor. OK, but I'm saying about Russ vote and not and not Ray and Fauci said so they won't have a problem. But. I, there's literally a hundred people have wanted to come on here and do the anti McCarthy thing, literally. And, um, and we said, I wanted Russ cause he's, he's thought this through and is not known as a guy that gets involved at this level of kind of leadership or elective politics. he's doing it from purposes of, Hey, we got tough fights, tough appropriations bills next year. We got a cut spending. We got the debt ceiling. You got so many hard fights. You need a wartime, you need a wartime leader. Um, it, it, but, but Russ, what t- walk me through the process? What is and while we've reached out to McCarthy's team or the general team to send us some surrogates, us, we, I want to hear because Cortez is about to come in and do another bombing run right after Russ at a different on a different angle of attack. It, it, hey, give us some surrogates. Let's make the case for McCarthy, because this is going to be one that's got to be debated out uh, to walk us through the process. As you see it, Russ, what happens?
5: So next week and right now, the most critical moment is for members to just make public statements that say, uh, we are opposed to Kevin McCarthy. When you have too much of a focus about who's going to be the one that's running or the, the speaker that you're trying, there's a good sense of who we want, and that's Jim Jordan. Uh, but if you, we need someone to step. We need those statements, and we need someone to step forward. And they don't have to be the one that's going to get the, the, the victory in the conference. They just have to take away the argument that you saw from some members that say there's no one running. That's the most damaging argument right now at the grassroots, is and we have to prevent that. So we need a member or two or three, it doesn't have to be one, to step forward and say, I'm running, so that that member who doesn't want to be with us can't go home and say, there's no one running. Then, uh, then you have the ability to be able to push for the real candidate, because at that point, Kevin McCarthy is going to start to count the votes. He's going to say, I don't have the votes. And the people that are publicly know, I know, have backbones of steel, and I'm not going to be able to change their mind. So you have an opportunity to delay this before to to be able to stop this before you get to January, and then you have a conversation. Okay, who is the conference willing to accept? Who is that? That's someone like a Jim Jordan. The last thing I would say is you ask, what is a cartel? The cartel. What I mean by that is that over the 100 years, the business of government has gone behind closed door, either at the administrative state or behind into you know, smoke-filled rooms without the smoke anymore. It doesn't happen on the floor. It's de jure on the floor. It's de facto behind closed doors. The next week is an exercise in the cartel, but the problem for the cartel is they actually have to get the people's assent on the floor of the House. And so that's your leverage point. It's just that do the members believe that they have that authority, and their constituents are going to know that they have that authority. That's why the leverage point is in January. But next week will be vital to the extent that we will get a sense of how who are the who are our fighters beyond those who are already out there. Our coalition will grow. We'll have more members out there making public statements, and then we'll begin to talk through. All right, who's the run is, person running and making the making the it, race? It, it,
4: if I can summarize one of the arguments just before we let you go, Russ, is that they're saying, hey, um, this is always the Gates theory of the case. If you get under 10 seat majority, he's in jeopardy. If you get up to the Bannon 50 or 60, unless all those above 30 are all MAGA, he could be safe. The uh, The irony is, is, and people tell me it's $30 million, $40 million, the $50 million or 40 however much he spent against the Caroline Levitt's, the Joe Kent's, the Anna Paulina Luna's, all that. Has come back to haunting because he spent that money in primaries against uh mega candidates and now you, he's left he's really uh, beholden to this eight to ten if you get a eight to ten hardcore you know immovable and i thought some random names are like perry and good and these people uh you've got a problem correct i mean you've got a big problem you may have an that- existential threat is that that's the summary of the case right
5: That is exactly the case. And we have recent history from the Boehner operation in which we saw this at play.
4: Which was Mark Meadows, Breitbart, Russ vote and some, just some random names out there that made that happen. Um, Breitbart under Stephen K. Bannon. Um, Okay. Russ vote. This is amazing. I want everybody to read it. And like I said, we reached out to to, to have the counter argument because this has got to be debated through, but, As good a job as we do on capital markets and some of the geopolitics and things like that to make sure the math and and polling uh, de jure uh, on the floor, de facto behind closed doors is going to be one of the constructs that we'll work with. Russ Vogt just told you the way things really work. That's not some cute phrase like the swamp. That's like that's the deal. Right. The cartel has been around for 100 years. Now they got the administrative state and the executive branch and they have the cartel on Capitol Hill. You got to break them. They have to be broken or you're never going to have a government where the people are sovereign. Russ vote. how do people get to you, sir, in all your great work?
5: You and get me an at Russ Vogt on uh, Twitter, Truth, Getter. We're updating in real time, and our website is americarenewing.com.
4: Russ vote. you're a patriot and a hero, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks, Steve. Uh, C- Cortez, a couple minutes on this side, and then I'll just come back. But y- you've been saying, hey, we need to go back to Teddy Roosevelt's trust yeah. busting, cartel busting. What is is, is is what Russ Vogt just said to you is music to your ears,
0: sir. Amen. It sure is. First, Steve, by the way, I want to tell you happy Veterans Day and happy Veterans Day to everyone out there who wore the uniform for our amazing country. We are so grateful. Now, regarding this uh, this fight, uh, first of all, we're going to take power. Thank goodness. Not by the, to the extent that we wanted to, but we're going to take power. What are we going to do with it? Well, when we look at McConnell and McCarthy, they are relics of a bygone era of corporatism and globalism in the Republican Party. By the way, together they have served over 50 years on Capitol Hill. They do not realize, to Russ's point about this being war, they don't realize that we are in a scorched earth culture war right now. This is not some polite debate over marginal tax rates that might've been the 1980s or the 1990s. This is a very different era, and McCarthy has neither the skills nor the philosophy to be our champion, to be a wartime consigliere at a moment like this in America. Let me give you two quotes to prove my point, point. one from him. This is what he said on January 10th of 2021 Following January 6th, when President Trump was about to get impeached in a second sham impeachment. This is what, in a time of political war, when times were tough, when things were heated, this is what Kevin McCarthy said to Liz Cheney of all people. He said, Quote, it would be my recommendation that he should resign about President Trump. And he lied about saying that. The only reason we know he said it is Rachel Maddow produced the video, the audio.
4: Hang on for one second. Steve Cortez. You got Arizona. We got Nevada. We're going to track down Joe Kent. We got Washington, Colorado, over. All of it, capital markets, economics, all coming to you in the world. Look, you did the tough thing during COVID. You paid your people and you pulled your business through the pandemic. And now doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan. And you don't have to pay it back. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at covidtaxrelief.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had an increase in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let COVIDTaxRelief.org help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org. That's COVIDTaxRelief.org. Do this today. Take action at War, We took right. charge here. Hey, did we get 50 seats? We didn't. But we're going to have, you know, a 10 or, or 12 seat, 15 seat majority. You're going to have to be able to use it. And you got so many tough votes. Look, that um, bitcoins and not Bitcoin. This crypto situation is not unusual. The British guy, the, in England today, they're reporting, I think it was 50 percent of small businesses. It's up on CNBC. I put it up on Getter. I think 50% of the small businesses, Cortez, are channeling you saying they can make it through Christmas, but with heating costs and the cost of living and everything going up, they don't know if they survive through the first quarter of next year. These are the shopkeepers, right? You're going to have economic catastrophe before us and super hard decisions to make. So what else is your beef? By the way, now I want to make sure everybody's in the Warren Posse. I have asked them to send surrogates to us. I want people to come and make the case for Kevin McCarthy because this thing is so important. You're going to have to And and, and remember the war room posse. You guys are the creditors committee. You sit on you sit at the head of the table of the bankruptcy of this country and this country is definitely bankrupt. uh, And that's all going to be revealed here in the next six months uh, daily. Uh, Cortez, So, what else is your beef?
0: Yes. Well, by the way, to connect your economic point, to this important macro point about Kevin McCarthy, and the agenda going forward. What we see happening in the UK, it is worse there, but we have a similar situation, unfortunately, here among small business owners. We know, I did a chalk talk on this from the most recent alignable survey of 5,000 small firms, that 37% of them in America could not make rent in the month of October. 49% of restaurateurs in America could not pay rent in the month of October. So they are hanging on by a thread. And when small business suffers, we see a a greater concentration of power in the hands of big business and the big business oligarchs. And that's how I want to now connect this to Kevin McCarthy, because Kevin McCarthy has been the best friend of big tech on the Republican side that they could ever ask for. That's not just my opinion. That's the opinion of the political left. Politico, which is a very left-leaning publication, here's a quote from Politico about his relationship with Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley lobbyists, are skeptical that McCarthy would actually enact policies that would hurt their companies. That's Politico, okay? So I think that is a second quote. The first quote I gave you was from Kevin McCarthy himself, saying that President Trump should resign his office with only 10 days to go at the end of his term. His term, which was artificially and illegitimately ended by big tech, okay? Now let's connect the dots to big tech. Kevin McCarthy is the dependable lackey of big tech, he also happens to be the roommate of Frank Luntz, when we put all of this together in totality, this is simply not the warrior to take the gavel and lead us in a time when we are fighting the oligarchs, when we are fighting a culture war, and we when we are enduring an intense economic crisis created by Joe Biden. We need a warrior, and that man is not Kevin McCarthy.
4: Okay, hang on for one second, Cortez. You and I got a lot to get through, and I want to get back to Ukraine also and capital markets all of it. I want to go to – got some work to do in Nevada and Arizona and other places. Boebert's up, I think, what, 1,400 votes. That's going to go, I think, uh, close to a recount, but they're still grinding through There's some rural communities. We're going to try to get some experts on to talk about that. Joe Kent, I'm going to try to get Joe Kent on later. Joe Kent is cutting that lead with every ballot drop. Uh, and uh, But let's go to, to Richard Barris. Richard, in uh, you know overnight, I want to know about Laxalt, the governor, and particularly Marchant from what you see that's outstanding because it seems to me i don't know if it's dmv or what they're doing but th- there's things being i think created it, 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 maybe that's too harsh a term but uh, this uh, this clark county which is basically vegas the the drop boxes and even uh Wasso county looks a little gamey to me what's your sense of nevada right now
6: Look, you know, the Clark stuff is is nothing new, Steve. You know, this is the way it goes. But really, the recipe for winning the state of Nevada, uh, Marshawn has fallen behind. And uh, with the way things are going right now, you know, I'm giving you real talk. With the way things are going right now, uh, something would have to change dramatically in Washoe. And there are other rural votes out. But at this point, Laxalt is, uh, aside from Lombardo, uh, Laxalt is the only one who has a chance in my mind to hold on. Now, there's still rolls in, which helped uh, Laxalt a little bit when Nye reported. And we are told that there are more ballots, quite a bit more ballots out. But the bottom line here is when your surveillance system goes out in the middle of the night, whether something's wrong or not, when your surveillance goes dark, as they put it, and then the ballot drop does not match the pattern, people start to get upset. And whether it's legitimate or not, you cannot conduct elections like this. Laxalt was winning Washoe every single batch Mail or election day after the initial early vote dropped, so it's just this last bit of mail that put Masto back in the lead in Washoe. You have got to carry Washoe. Is it possible not to and still win? Yeah, but not if you're going to lose Clark by nine. So we'll, we just—it it really, it's a coin. It really is a coin toss. That Washoe mail dump, Clark, you expect it, but that Washoe mail dump gives her a lot more margin. If she wins the rest of Clark, fifty-five, thirty-five, she's going to win. Or not even fifty-five, thirty-five. She wins fifty-five percent of the rest of what's out in Clark. She will win if Washoe doesn't change.
4: And that is, uh, and she'll beat uh, Laxalt by what—a couple of thousand votes or a thousand votes?
6: Yeah. Very, yeah, yep. It will not be, it will not be a comfortable win. But nevertheless, it'll still be, you know, maybe a point.
4: Real quickly, give me the uh, in a minute. Just give me what happened on the surveillance and why is it's kind of fishy about how the timing of this.
6: You know, the, the the ballots were dropped like nine minutes after it went dark. Uh, so, you know, Twitter and the social universe blows up. You know, n- countries cannot stand elections like this. I mean, eventually civil society starts bursting from the seams. Uh, they said, um, and I quote, we investigated what happened and how to make sure it doesn't happen again. That's all they said. That's it. Uh, you know, if your surveillance goes dark, then you should probably wait before reporting votes. Otherwise, you're uh, going to ma- cause mass chaos and and ma- and distrust.
4: Yeah, um, uh, Marchant uh, Marchant um, went from ninety five hundred up yesterday morning at this time. He's now I think five thousand down, and the bulk yeah, of some was, is the the. Some... Go ahead.
6: That was big washout dump. Of course, Clark was coming in and cutting Republicans' margins, uh, but it was what changed the trajectory. Uh, in all of these races, except for Lombardo, I think Lombardo's got a bigger pad. What changed the trajectory really was uh, the vote break that came in in Washoe. The initial drop that was an early vote, uh, after the first batch was reported was very favorable to Republicans. So then, you know, a little, that's why people are scratching their heads as to how Masto, you know, got that big of a margin in that yeah. last drop. It just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't track. Uh, but
4: flip to, Ar- but do flip to, to Arizona, Wa- Wasserman over at uh, Cook has has, uh, has deemed that he's seen enough in that uh, in Arizona, Kelly's going to win it. Do you agree, Richard Barris?
6: No, absolutely not. That was premature. He also called uh, the state of Florida for Hillary Clinton when you were with Donald Trump in 2016. So it's actually happened quite a bit. This has happened quite a bit with Dave Wasserman. Usually he's right. He's not always right. And here he is wrong. He does not understand the difference in voting behavior. If Masters wins these electoral drops and draw three votes by a two to one margin, that alone could wipe out uh, Kelly's lead. So, this idea, I mean, this is just, and there is other vote out, but um, they're doing a little bit of a PR stunt in Arizona, and they're putting all of the Dem friendly votes first, and they're waiting. They're trying to basically make it look like Dems have a bigger lead and they're waiting to, you know, and and I think they're probably crossing their fingers, hoping that Republicans don't get a two to one in that. We've pulled it. Uh, We're not the only ones. That's why you see the folks at Data Orbital also being uh, pretty confident that, look, this is a heavy Republican vote because we've done polling. We've done exit polling. These people were going. These are like the Charlie Kirk and Dinesh D'Souza 2000 mule voters. Steve, they didn't want to mail their ballot. They want to be Election Day voters. But because they're listed as absentee voters, if they go and walk it in on Election Day, they may be a provisional. So they hold their ballot and they bring it in on Election Day big no, this is why. The,
4: yeah, this is the reason of being out there and making sure all the Trump voters, and obviously with the Lindell vote on game day, that's why he had the long lines, etc. Now you've got the seventeen thousand over there for the box three, which were people that, that it didn't, the machines didn't work, and you've got the voting. big thing. It's taking so time. Is is, is, that's
3: is like, the, when is I get the off with that you, off.
6: Actually, Yeah, yeah. When 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 I get off with you, I'm actually jumping on a phone a uh, phone call, uh, trying to figure out. Uh, You know, about that 17,000, because, Steve, that sounds very, very low to me. You can do that in Maricopa in an hour in the morning. I mean, that's uh, the it just I'm trying to get a better idea of, you know, where the 17,000 came from, because 20 percent of those tabulators were down in heavily Republican areas. And I'm telling you, they can do 45 K in the first hour. So, you know, do the math. You're telling me that was all day long. I don't know. And that but could I'm be, gonna find
4: out that could that could that could be the difference right there. Those could be the key of uh of uh, for Blake Masters and Mark the, Fincher. Absolutely.
6: Also absolutely. also the question the is question how know? many
4: people just went home? How many people just went home? Yeah. Okay. See, see, Richard this is
6: the tragedy I, here, <clears> you know. <laughs> without yeah, doubt. I think
4: we I think we may be moving the flag, the deck and the con anyway. <laughs> um tell me uh how do people get to you? Because it gotta follow you now, twenty four seven on Nevada and yeah, uh we're doing it twenty four seven.
6: We're doing it 24/7. peoplespundit.locals.com, uh, and we're going to have another stream when that batch drops tom- uh, tonight. That'll be 6- 6 p.m. Arizona time. worlds will be, you know, rolling in throughout the day, but we'll be live a little bit before the dump is expected. It's always delayed, so you know, expect that. Hopefully, it's not, but it's been delayed. And let's see what happens when we get that 290 uh, election day drop and the 17,000, you know, draw three. We may be able to call one one or both, you know, at this point at the top of the ticket tonight, but we'll see. It's Maricopa, Steve, you
4: know. Not, not, it'll be 9 o'clock, <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, excuse me, 8 p.m. Eastern time all the way Steve, to yep, maybe yep. 10 o'clock. Yeah, yep, uh, 10 o'clock. It. Okay. Okay, thank you, sir. Thank you, Richard Barris. All right,
6: Steve. all the best.
4: Thanks. Let's go to uh, Ben Burkwam who's out on the scene. Ben, uh, how do we set the date? Are you going to get into press conferences when they're done, or are you still banned?
0: Uh, yeah, they still have yet to respond. They haven't officially banned me, Steve. They've threatened to arrest me if I go on the property without getting the uh, little red badge that they offer, the, the Gestapo badge that they offer to get in there. But we're still waiting. So they haven't officially responded to our email. I think that's part of it. They're just trying not to respond. Uh, yesterday, we went in, applied. You know, We got in. We were in there for an hour. Our, my cameraman, I went in afterwards, they ended up kicking us out yeah. saying you had to apply. We applied, we went back and that's when they threatened us. But either way, it doesn't matter, Steve, we're going to be here. We're going to get to the bottom of it. We're going to get the answers. Yeah. And in the end, uh, as uh, so many others have said, Kerry yeah. Lake's going to win this based on the numbers. Yeah. But we're going to keep an eye on it. This is, this is what has to happen. You cannot allow this to happen in the dark.
4: Yeah, no, we, we're going to have massive assets uh, out there. Kerry Lake, we're not going to let this be stolen. Keep sure, I understand that by the way. Don't you know? I've actually threatened to have Ben Burkwam arrested a couple of three times. Just kidding, Ben. The intrepid Real America's Voice, a reporter on the scene, been out there now for two years on this. The senior management of Real America's Voice on this, too. This is just not about Burkwam, this is about REV in the war room. Okay, CNN short break. Steve Cortez, capital markets next. and guess what? They're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Now go to PatriotMobile.com. That's one word. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call the following number. 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Bannon. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. That's patriotmobile.com Bannon, patriotmobile.com Bannon, or call 972-PATRIOT. Make an impact. Use your agency. Action, action, action.
5: Getter has arrived.
1: I'll tell you why they're doing it, because he's probably going to announce he's running, and some people don't want him to, but I don't think that's going to stop him. He did amazing things for this country. His America First policies had every— group of citizens doing better. Didn't matter what your skin color was. Didn't matter what your zip code was. We were riding high under President Trump. The country was in better shape. He, he ended wars. He didn't start any wars. He had brought peace to the Middle East. Uh, our 401ks were looking pretty good. And if you look at your retirement savings right now, I talked to many retirees who said, Carrie, I just retired. I might have to go back to work. My retirement savings has shriveled up. It's dried up under Joe Biden. And we need somebody to get us out of the jam we're in. President Trump did it once before. I um, think he would be a great candidate. By the
4: way, um, so that's the voice of Kerry Lake uh, yesterday. Uh, Cortez, you made a point yesterday they're trying to demoralize the deplorables and right. the MAGA movement and exhaust them. And you right. see, this is trench warfare in Arizona and trench warfare right now, political trench warfare in Nevada. Uh, are they going to Are they going to demoralize us and exhaust us, sir?
0: No, it's it's not going to work. But I, I want the deplorables out there to realize that that is the effort currently underway. Part of the reason why they are slow walking the counting of votes, why they are giving out vague and at times contradictory information, elongating this process beyond anything that is reasonable, is because they realize that the American people are already incredibly anxious because of the economy. Understandably so. Consumer sentiment just a few weeks ago hit the lowest level of the post-World War II era. So the left knows that the people are already anxious and that if they politically demoralize them, if they convince them that they don't in fact have agency over this process, that people might walk away, that they might just simply politically drop out and say, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm gonna go live my life as best I can and ignore this public process. But we can't let that happen. We cannot let them win, again, because we are on the cusp of taking control. Not to the degree that we wanted, but we're going to take control. And let me say specifically to Arizona and Kerry Lake, as horrible as this voting process is, this vote counting process in Arizona is, Governor Kerry Lake, and that will soon be her appellation, Governor Kerry Lake is going to fix that. And in 2024 and 2026, we're going to have fabulous, real voting procedures, accurate vote counting in Arizona because she is going to make that happen. So stay the course, patriots. And stay the course in large part because steve with all this political news and it's intense right with all this political news let's not lose sight of what's going on with the american economy because american workers are absolutely floundering right now that is the reality and we've gotten more terrible dire economic news out this week that proves my point and we have to remember that it's one of the main reasons that we have to take control and we have to start uh, applying the tourniquet uh, to stop the the economic bleeding caused by Joe Biden and his created crisis.
4: Walk us through that. You've got some math sure. that's going to shock some people. I, do we want to play? Uh, want to play chalk talk first? Or you want to go ahead and start showing your charts?
0: You know, let's let's go to the charts. I think if that's if that's going to you know, I, the I love my chart- chalk talks, of course.
4: But go go to the charts anyway. Let's, let's go, to, go the to the charts. charts. Yeah, you, you, I think you, in, okay, in the go. name of time go. here.
0: Let's go to the chart. So, listen. If we 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 got news out yesterday on CPI, and the corporate media is uh, consumer price index. Corporate media is actually trying to somehow celebrate as a victory uh, a, an inflation rate of nearly eight percent. Okay, that is ridiculous. First of all, on its face, but as is often the case, the devil's in the details. And we look under the hood of that report. Uh, we see the worsening situation of what I call sticky inflation. In other words, prices that are going up that are unlikely to go back down. Not volatile like energy prices, for example. If we can go to chart number one here. This is shelter. And I think this is incredibly important. This is since the beginning of the Trump terms, the year over year percentage change in the cost of shelter. And that's a Federal Reserve chart. Uh, you can see for the beginning of that chart until the, the Biden term, until the Biden regime, we had stable, low, predictable increases in shelter prices under President Trump the exact opposite right now as I show there with that red arrow shelter costs are soaring, continue to ascend higher they are not cooling at all and in fact we have just hit that is the chart doesn't go back this far but that is a 30-year high We have not seen shelter costs rise like this since 1990 and again this is very very sticky inflation. now if we go to chart number two let's go to the what I call the half two items kind of kind of the Cortez half2 basket. These are not discretionary items. These are the things you need to live your life, quite literally. Gasoline, groceries, and utilities. In yesterday's report, which again was 7.7% overall inflation, it's more than twice that for these have-to items. 16.2% for this basket of things you need to live. And Steve, this is absolutely crushing to working class people. Because if you're a high-income person, you might be annoyed that this have-to basket is rising, but it doesn't really change your life. But if you're a working-class single mom, if you're a retiree trying to live on a budget, 16% inflation in the have-to items is absolutely crushing to you. Okay. But the news, by the way, isn't only bad for people of modest means. It's also bad for the higher end. This honestly surprised even me. If we can go to chart number three, I want to show this on luxury spending. This is a chart that was put out by Citibank. This is credit card spending on luxury items, and that chart goes back to the spring. In the spring of this year, the wealthy were still feeling pretty good and year-over-year increases in luxury spending was almost 10% year-over-year. As you can see from that chart, it has demonstrably moved from the upper left to the lower right, year-over-year spending now on luxury items minus 6%. Uh, that is an implosion even for the wealthy or the well-off. So the, the economic news is roundly terrible. It is a created crisis because of Joe Biden And Steve, we will only stop it. We will only start to stop it if the the incoming GOP Congress, and I believe it will at least be the House, let's hope it's also the Senate, has the guts to stand up against Joe Biden. And to me, the, the, the single most effective, quickest remedy is to say, you either unleash American energy again, or we will not fund a single one of your initiatives. We are willing to risk a government shutdown on that. I think the first place to do that is the border. The second place is on energy. We have to start the American middle class, particularly right now, is absolutely in crisis. It's not even just a recession. It's more like a depression for them. That's the reality. And this new Congress has to have the guts and vision to stand up and advocate for them because the people have placed that responsibility on these representatives.
4: Can you uh, give us uh, give us your uh, give us your social media and we'll let you bounce. I know you're busy today. You get things right. to do. Uh, walk yeah, us you bet. How do people get to you?
0: Uh, please follow me on the getter. I'm at Steve. And on Twitter, I'm at Cortez Steve Cortez with an S.
4: Brother Cortez, once again, uh, fantastic. Good luck today. We know you got a big football playoff, so good luck today, sir. Thank
1: you.
4: Steve Cortez, he's only the best. The question, just what he laid out with the energy and the border, is McCarthy tough enough? Is he tough enough to do it? Okay, we're gonna take a short 90 second break. We're gonna come back. We get Ben Burkwam. Create Arrest war room no, posse Arizona, you already know more. free Arizona, speech is Nevada, under constant Colorado, attack Washington, by the swamp California. and their big tech allies they resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you i've got the solution Unplug systems a secure communications company has an app suite you can install on any android phone including its own uncancelable app store vpn antivirus and and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, Unplugged.com. That's Unplugged.com slash War to install the Unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.
2: They put Peter Navarro
4: in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.